Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Leslie Liu, the founder of Reclaiming Your Courage, a trauma-informed self-defense coach, international best-selling author, and speaker. Leslie, welcome to the show. Mark, it's so nice to be here. I'm fired up. Super. So for the benefit of the listeners out there, can you just tell us a bit more about where you are in your business today and the kind of people that you serve? Yeah, well, my just to give you a little insight to me, my values in my business are love, courage and community. And I feel like those are my North Stars. Every time I'm making a decision and an intention in my business, it's always going to lead back to those buckets. And my mission is to save the lives of women and allies globally. So certainly not a small feat, but that's what keeps me up at night. And it it is what gives me a burning desire to keep persevering, even when, let's face it, being an entrepreneur is incredibly lonely. And I equate it to being on a deserted island, literally trying to rub some sticks together and start a fire and to just try to survive. And I am at a point in my business now where it's just been so nice to release myself and being open to asking for help and learning from others. And so it's kind of like this relief of, hey, there's other women on the island that come around the bend or like, hey, there's some fish over here. I have some resources to share or there's a great place here to pick some berries. Come, let's build this community around this like shared space of wanting to scale our businesses is yeah, kind of as, the best as way an I could look at it. That's beautiful. That's so well put. But it sounds like when you first started or maybe a while ago, it was, I think like most business owners, most entrepreneurs, when we first start, I said, it's lonely, but we try and do it alone, right? We try, right? It's just, it's the pride and it's the imposter yeah. syndrome. And I certainly grew up culturally not trying to make waves or ask for help because as if somehow I had failed. But as I'm kind of opening up my mind and opening up my heart and really just bouncing ideas and really kind of working into true collaboration and partnership with other coaches, it's really given me a lot of beauty and insight into my work for someone else to validate and say like, hey, have you ever thought about this? Or here's what I see here. And the me 10 years ago probably wouldn't, would have taken that as criticism. And so that is a marker for me that I'm evolving as a person. Mm, Beautiful. So um, first of all, I'm just going to go back a few steps. Um, When you say that you help, you know, 
save women's lives, you actually mean it. So can you just expand a bit more on you know, what you actually help people to do, to accomplish? Yeah, thank you so much for that question. So purpose-driven women work with me to escape bad situations, stand up for themselves, and reclaim their voice. And I'm going to take a second here that most people, when they traditionally think about self-defense, they think about taking some sort of workshop or a class, which usually involves encouraging to use pepper spray. Maybe there might be a man in a suit. And you're kind of taught these old school methods of poking someone in the eye. But what really propelled me to do the work that I am doing today is that I was teaching that because I'm a martial artist and have been my entire life. And I would walk into a space, usually male dominated, and there was always a handful of women in the class who everyone was just kind of rolling their eyes at them and yelling at them to just do the technique, to do the punch or to do the kick. And something was happening where they were mentally constipated. And so rather than applying more pressure, I decided to go towards them and hold space and really say, What's the story of how you got here? What's happening right now? Whose voice do you hear? And so once I started unleashing kind of this mindset piece and then helping them tie it to their voice to actually speak their boundaries, to energetically show them this is how you protect your peace, this is how you stand in your power, then we could easily go into the technique stuff. What to do if a man pulls you by the hair what to do if they're mounted on top of you, risk hitting you. And what I found is through the system that I developed is that not only did these people apply the technique so much more powerfully, they, they use their energy more efficiently and more quickly. Literally within seconds, boom, 200-pound man off of them, just like that. And that is the best example I can give you of the work I do is, yes, there is this element of like physical self-defense, but it's really the self-healing and the self-dialogue that has to be in alignment before you even get to that. Like, no, let's not do anything flashy and let's not do anything that we kind of see in the movies. It's about, am I worth defending? Do I believe that? So it sounds like with this, there's an, there's an angle of removing the fear first because it's a very mechanical process. It's here's what you do. A, B, C, there's a process to it. However, if it's coming from a place of, of fear, then your body is set up for a different way and you, you approach it in a different way. Whereas it sounds like if you've helped people to remove that fear, reclaim their power, which opens up space, opens up your mind and just gives you that extra time. Yeah, yeah, just, and that, that extra time and that split second second is the difference between whether or not you get back home safely to your loved ones. It's about creating that moment. And in a lot of ways, I would say that the fear, I don't like to mislead anyone and say like, yes, we're going to be fearless. It's like, no, how do we nurture that? The fear exists no matter what. Hmm. These, the threats are real, but how do we go into the fear and feel it and feel emotional pain for some of us who've been through trauma, how do we liberate ourselves from these feelings and use that to activate our voice, to really send the message in our body? 
right? And that doesn't involve anything physical. It's really speaking and being very clear and concise as to what you need. And what you're saying about fear. I mean, fear is, it's, it's needed. We have to have fear. Fear is useful. All these emotions, guilt, doubts, fear, overwhelm, they are so useful, but they have to be used in the right way. And they should never be driving the vehicle. I mean, the analogy, you know, we're a bus. Who should have the driving, the steering wheel? It should be you. Not fear. Should never be driving. So what you are able to do is empower women with the opportunity to step back from fear and use it in the right way. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I love that analogy because I use a similar one where it's like, it's a dark passenger on a long car ride. And the dark passenger is annoying, but they are keeping me company and keeping me up through this journey and this car ride. Mm. I'm the one driving, but I can access her. She's useful at times so that I don't fall asleep at the wheel. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of ways, I work with mothers. I work with, you know, women in corporate settings. And I want you to feel the fear because that's how you strive to fight for your life, to fight to build a legacy for your children. Uh, So for me, we want that visceral primal response. We Mm -hmm. want, I want to be scared. If if anyone comes near my children, like I am going to rip your eyeballs out and chew them like chewing gum, right? Like, because I'm scared. I don't want anything to happen to my children. And that's why then the self-advocacy warrior comes out and the person who's really good energetically in her boundaries is going to come out. So I like to tell women to kind of get into that warrior spirit. Nice. Um, you said um, a while ago, so you help purpose-driven women. So purpose-driven. So you must have uh, a lot of clients from a, a lot of different backgrounds, high up, very professional, very successful. And you're helping teach something that's pretty, been a pretty much a male-dominated um, area. Now, there must be so many similarities between your work, your business, and what these women are have been through and what are currently going through despite the success. Can you just tell us a bit more about that and what it's like and what maybe what what beliefs come through, what rules people are playing by, what what holds a lot of these women back? Yeah, that's a great question. A lot of clients that I work with are C-suite executives or in a leadership role. And it's interesting because you you would perceive that that person is confident in their mindset and in their voice. But for them to actually come to me and say, well, I can't get to the next level or get the promotion or get the pay that's equal to my peers. And I'm like, why not? And it's tied to them not wanting to make waves to not speak up for what's right. afraid of retaliation. And so time and time again, we see this sense of, again, whether it's physical or not physical attacks, it really comes down to your sense of self-worth that they're struggling with. And a lot of times it's they're hearing someone else's voice. And so it's, well, my mother told me to just be respectful and to not say anything and to just just stuff it. And that's, you just want to be polite. And even for my clients who have been physically attacked, well, what prevented you from perhaps like fighting back or kicking your attacker? I felt guilt. I felt guilt 
to, I didn't want to harm the other person. But I'm like, but your life was at stake. And so then it goes into this deep healing of the trauma and really having to do this internal work around self-worth and, and whether or not you're enough. And a lot of times what comes out is they don't feel like enough. And so they get caught in a pattern of people pleasing. And even when they leave their corporate lives and become entrepreneurs, if you don't do that internal work, it translates over into your own business. And, oh, yeah, which, and you know, it's, it's just, so easy, right, to be following these these the rules or the beliefs, um, just subconscious patterns, because you've always done it because your parents did it because the company you're in, that's the way they did things. Um, what do you say? Just before we started recording this episode, you said something beautiful about, you know, I found a different way. You love the way that you saw, you know, what Katie and I are doing. And there's a different way to approach mindsets. What you're doing is a slightly different way because we can always find a better way. And once you find it, it makes such a change. It does. And it's, I think what the pandemic taught us too is that we have to evolve the way that we do things. So at least in my world, as women, the way that we have to defend ourselves has to change. And so there were people who came to me and like, well, I don't really feel physically unsafe. I feel like where I live, you know, is pretty safe. I'm like, okay, now let's let's get to the root of the matter of what really plagues us every day as women. So I, I'm I'm an entrepreneur. I have two children. I'm a, I'm in my home most of the day. I had to be very clear of being explicit of my needs. And, and that's not something that I'm generally comfortable with, of saying, what is it that I need right now? Because I have this nurturing aspect to me. So applying my system to how I approach every day and how I make my interactions intentional is a big part of the work. And so if my husband comes home from a long day of work, I like to, instead of feeling resentment that, you know, why isn't my partner fulfilling my needs right now or reading my mind, it's really being able to state what my boundary is right now, which is, I need 90 minutes to myself. Is there anything that you need before I go? So I'm reciprocating and showing love. And there's room for negotiation where he might be like, hey, I would like to take a shower or... And, and my, I might say, okay, then you can take 30 minutes and I'll take an hour or no, it's non-negotiable. I really need this for myself right now. Or else I'll lose it as a mother and as, as a business owner or whatever, like I'm just not going to be in a happy space. And so mm. it's about protecting our energy. And for women, we have so many threats in our own internal minds and in our environments where we have to be very clear as to what our boundaries are physically and non-physically. Yeah. And the, the roles we take on and the roles that we seamlessly go from one to another, to another from personal, um, professional, all these different aspects of our life, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that for me, why this rings true is because if you go through your whole life and you don't speak up and you harbor all these feelings and you suppress it, there's a greater cost to it, a greater cost to not speaking up than there is speaking up. And so in my case, it was almost like a Coca-Cola can just shaking it up 
literally internally combusting and having a doctor sitting across from a doctor who said, hey, you have an ulcer. And if you don't find a healthy way to cope with your emotions, you can bleed out. And that was a real wake up call for me, being a young person in a professional environment and just doing everything. How long ago that, was that? That was probably about 20 years ago, like in my yeah. early 20s. And so that was kind of my first indication of like, oh, there's actual physiological consequences uh-huh. to not actually speaking up and speaking my truth. And so that's why I became very fascinated with this concept of, okay, a lot of women I encounter definitely have the domineering boss. Uh, Okay, they have interactions with family members or toxic family members or resentments in their marriages where they're not able to kind of express. And so I, I just learned that it's far more energy efficient. It's far more easier once you practice to convert that into actually advocating for yourself, to speaking up and shutting down these threats before they actually escalate into something else. And that speaking up is is huge because we do suppress. We do have these emotions and, and just put them down, be like, not today, but they come out in aches and pains and illnesses as our body, I believe, tries to say, hey, there's something you need to pay attention to. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so with your, you know, the way you spoke about it earlier, mind, body, and voice, we all hear, hear mind, body, and soul. There's the three elements that, that make us who we are, but the mind, body, and voice, those three elements that you need to pay attention to is such a beautiful way to explain what you need to do. We need to speak up. We need to speak up with our needs, with our boundaries. These are huge things that is so easy to put off. It is. And those three things are not always going to be in alignment, right? There's no perfect scenario where you're going to be this like mind, body, voice kind of like superstar. But I find that in this system that they help anchor one another. So when your mindset is faltering a little bit, your voice can kind of re-energize your body. And once your body re-energizes, then your mindset is kind of elevated. So Mm. um, I really kind of geek out on that. And I like to be able to make self-defense accessible for all kinds of women because um, oftentimes they have very specific scenarios that they come to me with. And you and I were talking a little bit earlier about allyship with men and being in male dominated spaces. So whether that's at work or in the self-defense realm. And a lot of times I hear so many things from women of, yeah, even the most well-intentioned men in their lives want to help, but there's the fixing of the situation rather than having compassion and empathy and holding space and making it comfortable for this person to speak about what, what is really making them feel vulnerable right now. So that's what I really encourage my clients to do is like, okay, well, instead of just biting your tongue, let's practice what you can actually say of like, hey, I actually don't need a, I'm not, I'm not requesting a solution right now. Like, I would really love for you to just ask me what makes me scared about that. We we find that with all walks of life, no matter what gender, 
that need of trying to put help here's what you can do well here's why it happened they're quite dismissive statements they come oh gosh they come from a beautiful place they come from a place where i just want to help i want you to oh maybe it's i don't want you to feel your feelings and then a bit of codependency comes in so there might be a huge amount of aspects of why that's happening but um yeah for 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 you to be able to speak up and say why it's happening that i don't need that i just need you to be present that's a empowering thing to ask for yeah and because then you don't really lose yourself in the process you're very much engaged and you're asking for what you want rather than harboring anger for when people in your life don't read your mind <laughs> you said that earlier why yeah. you come home and why your husband doesn't read your mind it's like well because no one does no one reads minds right but oh we expect it Yes, exactly. So in my evolution, it's like, no, we have to be very clear and very explicit as to what our needs are. And it's the same that applies to physical self-defense. Like during the pandemic, so many clients came to me and said, I'm so uncomfortable. Someone's not socially distancing. Someone's coming too close. And it's holding space for like, okay, so what did you say? I said nothing. And, and coaching them through several sessions to even get to the place of saying, like, I need space right now. Please take two steps back. It's not aggressive. It is just merely being assertive. And I think that's the misconception people have with speaking up or defending yourself is that somehow you're this um, really, really kind of off the hinge, aggressive person. And so many of my clients are like, I, I want to speak up. I want to say something. This is what I want to say, but I don't want to be perceived as overbearing. Is that, and that's a fear. Is that the, the core? I mean, with, with, again, the range of women that you work with from different backgrounds and levels and professional aspects. Um, is that the biggest fear? Is that the biggest controlling factor behind it i think that it's a it's the it's the veil but then when you peel back the layers it's so much more than that right like so i'm like okay there's the initial like how much of that is systems of oppression the behavior you know but when you really really peel back the layers it's fear of not being accepted that somehow that they are not attractive as a, as a human being to be loved and to be cared for. That's really what it is. And so mm -hmm. as, as, as a coach, I learned there is the initial response and the reaction and there's the, okay, well, we, now we have to go deeper. What is the real fear? What would it be like if you weren't afraid of that? And just creating safe spaces for people and that seems very simple but i'm like i don't i i think that we can do a better job of creating safe spaces in the workplace or in professional settings with people and so for me it's really about i facilitate a lot of workshops around how do you identify what like what can we co-create together can i have your consent around what we're going to be doing together today and people are incredibly blown away by that. What are you talking about consent? Well, I'm not gonna, you know, like I'm not going to touch you 
Like if you would prefer that I demonstrate this on someone else, that's okay. And they've never been asked those questions because it's kind of just this authoritative being told what to do and being programmed. And I'm like, no, like I very much want to be in this process with you. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I, I'm here to roll my sleeves up and You're here be to in show, the trenches with you. As you said earlier, there's a different way. And by being so different, so far the other way that they don't expect you to you, you know, ask for permission. What, what, do you, what do you mean? No one's ever said that before. By just showing that, it, I think it opens the door to, hey, there is a different way. It is okay. That is not okay. And then it's up to up to you to understand what what do you want to do with these new new beliefs, these new ideas? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that kind of tied into the work that you and Katie do. It's really like if you are keep if you keep running into these roadblocks of burnout and overwhelm and and just kind of how's that working for you? I'm here to show you another way. And so what would life be like if you just pivoted to the right mm. and made these micro adjustments? I'm not asking you to do anything that's dramatic. It's really just what are micro wins that you could create for yourself? So everything is a conscious choice. I'm not making you do anything. It's like, okay, you've tried X, Y, and Z, and you're not feeling energized or at peace so let me offer you this and then see how this works and the first step in that is always awareness that's the first micro win just to be aware of it so with the first steps in your workshops that awareness is that's life-changing that changes the whole um pathways of your brain that oh you mean this equals that wow glass shattered now what and i think that's the biggest one of the biggest things what's possible now now what what can we do now and it's anything absolutely anything yeah there's infinite possibilities because your love rooting yourself in love and courage means that you open it up for infinite possibilities that even in the face of fear you're going to <clears throat> you are enough like I tell people, like, you're not looking externally for someone to come save you because everything that you need lives in with, within you. Like, how does that land for you that no one's coming to save you? Makes people wildly uncomfortable at first when I ask that question. It's a jarring statement when you first hear it. <laughs> exactly. And that's where the awareness starts because I think that um, I lead with that and People are very rattled in their bones about it. And then, then we start kind of peeling the layers. Nice. So let's go one step deeper with, with yourself because you have this amazing system and program. You have this way of working. So obviously you have no dramas, no problems, no anxieties, no fears. You are completely resolved all those, correct? Uh, I would disagree with that because, uh, <laughs> and in the world of social media, uh, geriatric, geriatric millennial here, I, I like to break away from this thought that like I'm perfect and I'm, mm. I've mastered 
how to be fearless and how to be a badass because I like to be more raw and vulnerable in my experiences. And what I mean by that is to, even in the face of success, I struggle with depression, anxiety, having things trigger me and neurologically bringing me back to Mm. a sexual assault when I was a child, for example. And so, and then tied into intergenerational trauma, things culturally that have been at the forefront of my life. And so these are things that I have to deeply and intensely work on and be intentional about. And that's the responsibility I have in being a coach, that if I don't do that work, then I shouldn't be anyone's coach. (laughs) Um, So I don't want to project this image because um, everything that I advocate for for my clients are things that I'm doing. The practices, the affirmations, the techniques, it's, it's how I have to go and lead my life. And especially for me, the reality is being an Asian American woman, I live in a time of Asian hate. And so that reality is a stark one for me. And so the ability to be visible and to be heard is very important to me. And so even though I am an author and an international speaker, trying to fight for visibility and have someone see my work and hear me is still a struggle of like doubt of, of my ability and who I am. And so again, tying it back to a system and a framework is the biggest gift that I can give my clients is like, I'm offering you this because I also like struggle. That's perfect. I mean, that's the message that we want to be speaking out about that we all go through challenges. We all go through situations. We're all growing here. We all want to you know, improve our personal life, improve our professional life. We all want to grow. And with that growth, it always comes challenges, new levels that you have to, uh, and, and things you have to overcome, right? So yeah. that we're always going through this is, it's okay. You're never going to get to the, you're never really going to get to the, the, the guru, monk, not feeling anything, because who wants that? Right, exactly. And who wants an, I mean, I'm not an influencer by any means, but like, I rather show people the, the endurance it takes to be an entrepreneur. I don't, I, I don't just take selfies of myself in beautiful places. Like I would much rather have you see the human parts of me, the parts of me that are broken down, the mom who literally has bacon and popcorn on a plate for my child. It's not the most nutritious meal because that's, that's just imperfectly who I am. And I embrace these aspects of myself where I'm like, there is no way that I can do all these things so, so well. And I can laugh about it now where I'm like, yeah, I love kind of being a hot mess because it means that I'm I'm broken and human. And you're finding your own way to manage, to move through, to keep on going, because that's exactly what you're, what you're teaching. Yeah. And as I'm talking to you about it, I think that the biggest shift that has been made for me internally is no longer seeking approval from anyone else as to 
what makes me successful or how someone might perceive my business. What matters is how I'm going into next year and what are the intentions I'm setting for myself? How do I feel about the work that I'm doing and the ways in which I'm giving to the community? That is powerful versus like, everyone's giving me so much feedback about my business and how I should be doing things. And it's just sensory overload. And so I think mm. that we live in a time that it's inc it's incredibly important to be human and to talk about mental health struggles and that goes hand in hand with being a parent, of being a partner, of being someone who owns a business, is that we see a lot of tragic outcomes that happen when people don't have spaces to talk about what we're talking about today. Yeah. And well, that's, you said about love, you said about courage and community. So before we go, if we can just touch on the sort of the community aspect of this, because it sounds like you build this community how is how important is that for um for your clients for your members oh absolutely like for my clients everyone gets uh, invited into my woman warrior community and it's a place for uh, the underrepresented the unheard and the unseen and i like to say we will be silenced no more and so that resonates with a lot of people in different ways of actually um, losing their voice and not feeling strong with it. So it's the most important part where you don't feel, especially being on the virtual world, that you don't actually feel isolated and abandoned, that you can meet someone thousands of miles away and find strength in hearing that they're struggling. And that's very, very powerful. It's like just being able to host spaces like that brings people together and so that has been the most important part of my business and actually what I probably focus on more than business logistics is like what's going on in my community how do I evolve as a coach as a result of this of what I'm hearing what I'm sensing what I'm experiencing with them like it is um incredibly powerful to lead healing and strengthening that way it's like how do I keep myself safe and how do I keep the people around me safe is kind of the general vibe of the community and I think that that's a message that transcends internationally mm. so it's something I'm that's like translates to someone who's in a different circumstance in another part of the world that's that's huge and such a, a beautiful sort of safe space. And for you personally, where, where's your community? Where's your space? Because you as a as a leader, as a guide, as the authority, as almost the caretaker, uh, without putting too much you know, focal point on yourself, where do you then take care of yourself? Where's where's your support? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, part of it is. Uh, the fulfillment I get from my woman wear community. I'm very fortunate to be part of a lot of women's entrepreneur groups. Shout out to the Success Revolution Society um, and other groups that I have been um, very fortunate to be a part of, of women who have been entrepreneurs for a very long time, essentially taking me in and saying like, hey, um, you're not alone, has been 
kind of like my second wind. Cause I think there's a point in business where you're like, I don't know. I, I either have to give up or keep going the course. And so it wasn't until I found my community of other women who are like, Hey, we're not just trying to like promote our results and our, our kind of cash flow. We want to be very clear as to what are we struggling with? What are the roadblocks we're hitting? How do we support one another in this community? And that was powerful to me. And that was when everything accelerated in my business because other people struggle as well. And I was like, how come no one's talking about the struggling piece? Everybody else is like, you know, they have three cars or, you know, they just got a new house or whatever, but it just, it just restored my soul is to really just be very transparent about, Hey, like, I don't really know a whole lot. Can I ask some questions? So that's why I keep grounded. Flip this all the way around. So in that situation, as you're in your communities, you need to find your voice to be able to ask those questions because it's so easy to not want to ask or don't want to be perceived as less, not enough in, yeah, amongst your peers. Yeah. And again, that's fear-based because a lot of times people that I work with, you know exactly what you want to say. It, you have the language and everything. So let's hear it, right? Let's build a safe space. But that's not the hard part, you know, the mechanics of it. It's really helping people tap into their power. And the power is you actually have to hear yourself speak. Well, Leslie, it's been fantastic talking to you. Um, thank you for sharing all of this, everything that you do. Um, it sounds amazing. So amazing. If people want to find out a bit more about you uh, or join you in your communities, where can they find out more about you and what you do? Yeah, thanks for that. You can find me on Instagram and you can reach out to me directly. And through those links, you can get invited into my um, Women Warrior community and uh, on my website, reclaimingyourcourage.com. Perfect. Hey, Leslie, thank you so, so much. All the best. Awesome. Thanks so much, Mark. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, We ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.